Hello and welcome again to the Stouting Off Podcast, where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Hello and welcome again to the Stouting Off Podcast. I'm your host, now and forevermore, Drew Stoutenberg. It's my name. Simple as that. Joined live in studio, as always, by my producer, Jordan. Jordan, what's up? I mean, how are you? Doing great, thank you. Awesome. We love to hear through your curveball there for a second. You really did. I didn't know what to say. I know. I saw the look in your eye, and it was a, the deer in the headlights look. And frankly, I never want to put you through that again. Please so, don't. So if now you could accept my apology, I'm coming to you with a contrite heart. I'm sorry to do that to you. It's okay. Thank you. Um, we actually do have a. <laughs> <laughs> we actually do have a studio audience today, guys. Welcome. Thanks for being here. Um, Jordan's got relatives in from out of town and we said, come through this, you know, there's some of our biggest fans come through the, the studio and you can really get a look behind the curtain, so to speak. We and can't pause the cast. We can't, but we got to keep, we got to keep this. The cast will go on. The cast will go on. We got to keep this train rolling to stay with the theme of the train that goes by at least once every 20 minutes while we're shooting the podcast. We have to keep the train rolling. So we say family come, come through. You're welcome here. I hope you guys feel welcome. Um, if you haven't had a chance yet, please subscribe and follow the podcast on YouTube and Spotify and Apple. And we're actually also on the other platforms, Amazon, Google Podcasts. I want you to subscribe on all the things. Even if you don't have them yet, install them and then get on it, okay? <laughs> it's going to help us land the Dickie sponsorship, and I'm serious. No, it's not. Um, the thing that will help us land the Dickies sponsorship, and that, this is just between you and me, is when you guys go to Dickies and you tag us on Instagram saying Drew or Stouting Off Podcast sent us here, and then you tag Dickies Barbecue Pit as well. So do that. Would you commit to doing that sometime in the next four weeks? Would you? I'm asking you. Thank you. Um, <laughs> made myself laugh extremely hard this past week, and what happened was a friend of mine was having a a birthday party, but it was just her female friends, and I was like, what? I want to come through, like I want to hang out, and and I was like, and I got to thinking, I was at the gym, which is, this is actually when I get a lot of my creative thinking in, I was at the gym and thinking, okay, how can I make this happen, I have an idea, I'll dress up like a woman, but not just any woman, I'm going to dress up like Mrs. Doubtfire, and I'm going to call my character Mrs. Stoutfire, and that, which I actually didn't do, spoiler alert, I didn't follow through with it, because <laughs> if I'm going to do that, I want a professional prosthetic makeup artist to do it, you know? Yeah. 15 pounds of makeup and stuff where it's like unrecognizable <laughs> like they do in like like Johnny Knoxville would do, for example. And he's like the, old, you know, grandpa, whatever. Yeah. Or Mrs. Doubtfire, like what Robin Williams actually did in the film. Carried the whole like mask in her purse <laughs> or his purse. <laughs> yes. <laughs> that movie is so unbelievably funny. You, do you Have you seen it in recent years? No. There's a scene at the end where he's got to be at one point. He, in the same restaurant, he's got to be at one dinner table. Yeah, yeah. And then he's got to be as Mrs. Doubtfire at the other table. And he's, <laughs> he's going back and forth between the tables, like but like going to the bathroom and changing. And then he sits down at the, the wrong table where he's supposed to be as just his male self. And he's still got the mask on. And the, like the, uh, I think it's like a TV station exec who he's pitching to, like for a, a children's like show or something. He like looks up at him and he's just like so puzzled. And then the whole jig is up. 
family looks across the restaurant, sees him there, and that's where the the movie really comes to the climax. There, the it's rising action all the way through, and then it reaches that's the boiling point. Yeah, and the new husband chokes Pierce Brosnan. He gives him the Heimlich maneuver, and then he's all right. <laughs> also, Pierce Brosnan is by the pool when they go to the pool, and uh, he uh, Robin Will Mrs. Doubtfire whips like like a lime or some fruit at Pierce Brosnan's head. <laughs> And Pierce Brosnan looks back and she's like, oh, it was a, it was a run by fruiting. Like something like <laughs> this. Man, I need to see that that movie. Yeah. Um, I haven't s- seen that in probably 10 years, but some of those extremely funny parts stay with me all these years. There was a video that came out this week. I don't know if you guys have seen this or not, but it was a bobcat that was stalking a guy basically while he was like hiking. Well, <laughs> like going for a hike or no, not a hike. He was just like jogging through like this nature trail. And it's for six minutes. And I hope while we do, while I explain this, maybe you could pull up the video for, put it on screen here, George. Yeah. But uh, this bobcat is like stalking and then like charging. And it looks like that actually kind of, doesn't it? He's like this, like making a (laughs) dust storm. But I mean, this thing probably stays like 10 to 15 feet away from him the whole time. And he's walking backwards with his phone like this. Good kitty. Don't, don't kill me. Don't kill me. I'm big and scary. Don't come near me. It's six minutes of this. And I made the mistake of like watching that right before bed last night. I watched this video and my heart was probably at, my heart rate was probably 172 if I had to estimate. Wasn't wearing the Fitbit at the time, but it was like, I was stressed. The cortisol (laughs) levels were through the roof. Um, You haven't seen that? No. Oh my gosh. Yeah. We'll watch it tonight. Yeah. Um, My thing is, and I've been backpacking before and I've been like out in the, like the kind of like the wilderness alone before. And don't get me wrong. It's not like I'm Bear grills out here. I was in uh, Yellowstone National Park. No, Grand Teton National Park waiting for Will Woodington to fly in. And so I was there for a day before he got there. I was camping. Um, but I went on a, like a trail by myself. And somebody came running, like a trail runner came running back by me. Yeah. Opposite de- direction. And she was like, oh, just to let you know, um, there are a couple bear cubs up there. And so just, you know. Just keep an eye. I'm like, what do you mean? If there are bear cubs, you know what that means is nearby. Mother bear. Mama bears. Near, yeah. Nearby. Yeah. She's there and she's going to be pissed when she sees you or smells you. And so you're supposed to look big when, when you're in those situations. You're supposed to present yourself as all big. <laughs> That's when I did that just now that reminded me of Dwight Schrute from the office. He's like, I want a big family. Angela's like, no, I, I could see myself enjoying that as well. He's like, no, big family, strong, big. <laughs> <laughs> No, I want a big family. <laughs> he does that at the freaking Dave and Buster's or wherever they are. No, a big family. Um, but you're supposed to look big like this, like Dwight Schrute. You're supposed to be like, rah, rah, yell at him and stuff. And, you know, people in this comment section, like all of, all of a sudden become Bobcat experts. They're like, oh, if I was in, if I, this guy's an idiot for not throwing a rock or like, this is what happened. This is why I pack my pistol. This is why I do that. Like. These aren't things that you think about when you're just going out for a jog and then you're confronted by an animal that can kill you. Right. You're not. If I'm in a life or death situation, maybe I'm like most people in that, like, all rational thinking. Bye. See you later. Nice knowing you. I'm going to be impulsive. I'm going to be highly volatile in my decisions. (laughs) You mean you didn't get your climbing rope? That's what I'm saying. Out in Lasso the Cougar (laughs) or the Bobcat? Maybe it was a Cougar. Throw them in the woods? You know what? It may have been a cougar, actually. Thank you for... I think it... I didn't see it. 
I was going to say look it up, but it doesn't matter. It's a, it's one of those cats that's not a lion. It's like a female. They all look like the female lions, but they're smaller. <laughs> I don't know. I'm not a, a big cat taxonomist, all right? I don't know how to classify these things. Um, so anyway. Mother cougar. Cougar? Yeah. Confirmed. Wow. Okay. Cool. There we go. I'm glad we actually sorted that out before we went on to the next segment. Um, I got sent a picture of a truck guy recently and because I get truck guy feedback all the time because we laid down the truck guy rules. You know, don't use a turn signal. You always have to back into parking spots. You're not accountable to anybody else on the road. You have to be in that posture, that position. Big episode too. Big episode. Yeah. That popped off for us. And um, if you haven't seen that one, go back and check it out. Truck guys. We'll give you the, the scoop. But anyway, I get truck guy pictures and you wouldn't believe what I saw and check this out and guess what kind of guy this is, a truck guy obviously. And I got a picture of a truck guy who parked across four parking spots. Four parking spots, just like this. Here's the grid of like parking spots and he parked diagonally across them like this. Cool. That's very cool of you. And I said, you know what? You could probably get that guy to straighten up his parking job if you came up to him and you were like, oh, how nice of you to social distance your truck, you know, like because... Chances are, this is me thinking, chances are the truck guy is probably anti-social distance, anti-masking and stuff like this. So if you're like, oh, that was, give him a pat on the back. Oh, that was a very considerate thing for you to social distance your truck. You'd be like, what? No, I wasn't. (laughs) And I could see him just like squaring (laughs) up the truck. (laughs) Now he's in a perfect spot. The mirrors get tucked in and everything. There you go. First five spaces of the the place he's at. He's just tucked in the front. Yes. (laughs) Um, I have, I'm going to send you that picture too, George. You can include that. Yeah. Um, oh, okay. So we got to talking about this recently. I should have grabbed the book. Love languages. Love languages are an important thing in our world. Um, Gary Chapman, I believe. Was he the OG, um, like love languages guy? Yeah, I believe so. I know he wrote the book. I got it right there. Cool. Love when my watch hits the mic stand. Um, I haven't read the book yet, but for those of you who don't know, <laughs> I haven't read the book, so I'm an expert. So listen, those of you who don't know, there are five love languages, and here they are in no specific order. Words of affirmation, physical touch, quality time, giving gifts. Gifts in general? Yeah. Is it just gifts in general? Uh, what's that last one, Jordan? What is the last one? Said. Words of affirmation, quality time. Acts, Acts of, of service. service. Thank you. That was our live studio that audience. Was our live studio. <laughs> Thank you. Acts of service, physical touch, words of affirmation, giving gifts, quality time. I think that's five. All right. Well, anyway. So the whole premise behind <laughs> we said at least we at least said all five of them at some point over the next over the past 45 seconds. So the idea behind this is that people uh, speak specific love languages in a way that like when love is communicated to them in one of these one or two ways, specifically, usually everybody has one or two, that's the way they feel love the most. And people can be trying to communicate love to you, say your partner, and if it's not in perhaps like your love language, it might just go straight over your head. It might it might seem like they're not trying. It might seem like they don't care. But they're showing you love in their own you know love language. Jordan, I want to put you on the spot right now. You're a married man. Yeah. Tell me about your experience with the love languages. Big question. Yeah, complex. Complex. Okay, I'll ask you this. How about we do this? Okay, go ahead. I'll ask you this. 
your do you know what your wife's love languages are? Yeah. Does she know what your yours are? Yeah. Okay. So like in your daily life, is there some give and take about okay, I know that she receives love this way and you know, he receives love this way and then uh, this yeah. kind of thing. Yeah, for sure. It's important to know the other persons. You have to know you the other persons. Because if you don't know the other persons, then you just give the love that you want to receive. Yeah. And that doesn't work. Well, yeah. Unless you're a, a match. Unless in, you're in the a love match. languages. Yeah. And from what I gather, most people aren't like most people who end up together aren't necessarily I mean, statistically speaking, you're you're not likely to end up with somebody who, you know, receives love or gives love the same way that you do. Um, I want to provide a classic example. I was dating somebody one time and I remember we went to Henry Ford Museum, which in Michigan, it's the motor cap. Detroit, Michigan is the motor city, the motor capital of the world, automobile capital of the world. It's the motor city after all. And so we have a wonderful museum there called the Henry Ford Museum. After all, it was there that Ford, Henry H. Ford, that's not his middle initial, I don't know what it is, came up with the assembly line and the Model T. And he made mass production of vehicles possible and affordable, quite frankly. But anyway, was at the museum with baby girl at the time. And we were walking around and I was bored because museums are kind of, you know, after a while, after you walk by everything and you see, for me, after you walk by everything and you see everything, I don't need to read the cards or anything. I'm just like, okay, I can be done now. That was great. And that usually is like 45 (laughs) minutes and then I'm ready to scoot. Um, But anyway... Uh, we got back and that day was fun because, you know, we were together and quality time is a nice thing. That's a, that's a love language that I can appreciate. It's not one of my wheelhouse ones, but I can appreciate it. And so we get back to my house and we're watching the, how the Grinch stole Christmas and she is on the floor working on some craft thing, loves to work with her, her hands. It's nice, creative. She's on the floor working on some craft thing. I'm on the couch like this watching the Grinch, which I don't care about. The only reason you watch a movie with a girl is just so you can hang out with her. It's not so you can actually watch the movie. Yeah. Um, I'm getting hot just thinking about that. Um, having to watch The Grinch. But anyway, she's working on this craft and I'm sitting here and I feel like we haven't talked in a half hour. She's far away from me. We're, we, we're probably on the verge of breaking up. We're, we're done pretty soon, right? Like she hates me now. Yeah. She's over there working on the thing. And then she leaves and whatever. And then the next day she's like, Hey Drew, I just wanted to let you know last night was the best. (laughs) She's like, I just felt so close to you. And I was like, huh? Uh, I felt like you hated me. You were far away. We weren't talking. You weren't physically touching me and we weren't, I was not being affirmed with words, but she's a big quality time person. That's like her main thing, you know? And so, um, we broke up. We still did. And, um, <laughs> but you know, we just got to a point where I realized, you know, we're just on the, we're just on different channels. It's not going to work, but that, that was an extremely eye opening experience for me in the sense that, okay, I got to be on the same per- page as this person in terms of, um, what we are, how we communicate love to one another. Um, I want to go straight into our next segment. What have I been watching? So I just started this little series called Deaf U, Deaf U, D-E-A-F space U, like Deaf University. It's academic in nature. And what it is, (laughs) (laughs) oh, I'm feeling good. What it is about, uh, uh, it's about this Deaf University. Can you look up the name? It's something that starts with a G. 
It's G-A-U-D something. It's like God. Yeah. Galadet. Galadet. Yeah, something like this. Galadet. G-A-L-L-A-U-D-E-T. Galadet. Where is it? Have to bring it up here, obviously. (laughs) Uh, Doesn't say. Don't know. Okay. So it's somewhere. And um, no, it's 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 somewhere here in the continental U.S. Forty-eight states, the lower forty-eight, and um, here he is feverishly, feverishly typing. Where the heck is Gallaudet? Washington D.C. Washington D.C. Have some great friends and family who have at least lived in Washington D.C. at some time. It's a beautiful city. In fact, that's one of the cities I believe where I've seen the Blue Man Group because I've seen the Blue Man Group in five different cities: <laughs> Washington D.C., Boston, Chicago. Orlando and Vegas. I love the Blue Man Group. I tried. I was thinking about auditioning a few years ago. You hear me start to stammer as I was talking about the Blue Man Group because I just got I got pumped. Sue me again. Five cities. Do you know how much money that is in Blue Man Group tickets to see the same show? <laughs> it's a lot. <laughs> it's a lot of coins. A lot of rubies. Um, Gallaudet University. Am I saying it right? Yeah. It's not Gaudelet, right? It's the G A L first. Yeah. G A L L. Yeah. Deaf University. Everyone on campus has some sort of hearing deficiency or complete hearing loss. And in this documentary, and it, it's a documentary series, docu-series, if you will, for short. I just started the first episode, but it's fascinating, man. Like um, this one girl was talking about how, yeah, when you're cuddling with your loved one, you can't just like cuddle and like chat and like keep watching TV or whatever. You have to detach and then you have to sign to them and then you just go back. And then you sign. It's like these things that you'd never think about, you know? Yeah. Um, and it's really been, yeah, just eye-opening in the very little that I've seen. And now, it's like a, it's a college again, so I don't, I don't know if I'll, like, it's just like college kids who are, like, deaf and use ASL. Um, so I don't know if I'll watch the whole series, but at the very least, it did get me thinking about, man, this is a whole people group that most people don't even really think about. And... Um, a girl was talking about she was across from her friend at like a cafe or something and the waiter like put something right between them like the water carafe or something is it carafe or carafe i think it's carafe put the carafe right there and she's like well that's not very like asl friendly because now we can't essentially we can't talk so she like moved it just little things like this yeah um yeah it's fascinating and then there are there are there is such a thing as like deaf elite like the elite deaf community. And these are people who have been a wealthy, but be deaf for like four or five generations, you know, two like two deaf people get married and then they have a child. And I, I don't really know the genetics or the hereditary nature of how that gets passed on or what, but like they were talking about how there are really like elite families in the deaf community. Just like, man, wow, crazy. But in this though, they're going to like breweries and they're going to cafes and coffee shops and all this stuff. And it's all like everybody's signing even the people on the other side of the register. So it almost makes me wonder if there is like a part of Washington DC that's like, this is kind of like our, this is like the deaf, this is the spot deaf district or something. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, this one girl was kind of, she's like an Instagram influencer. She's like a fashion Instagram influencer and she does all her stuff. Like obviously ASL, but she mouths the words. And one of the, one of the deaf elite was like getting on her about that. Like, Oh, you're, you're pandering or you're catering too much to the non-deaf. It's like she, and the girl was like, yeah, like my videos are mostly watched by people who aren't deaf, you know? So like, anyway, the deaf elite, they're they're like a people group that are jerks, you know? Yeah. Like you're not, 
you're not a, enough of a purist, you know, if you're yeah. mouthing the words. Okay. Okay. So this girl's like, man, I can't fit in with the girl who was kind of getting badgered by this girl. Her name's Cheyenne. Cheyenne was like, man, I can't fit in with like, you know, like the non-deaf community obviously uh, uh, rejects me. And then like the deaf community, like, I don't know where I fit in in this mix, you know? Right, right. So anyway, it's uh, it's been an interesting couple minutes that I've watched. <laughs> um, Dude, the fact that you have to like disrupt a movie essentially yeah, to be able to say something that you just saw in the movie, like, yeah. Like, you can't oh, just be like, oh my gosh, did you see that? Yeah, you have to like stop and then sign it. Hey. Yeah. Yeah, for real. Crazy. They also talk about how, like in the, the series, they're going to like clubs and stuff. They're dancing, but they can't hear. And um, they're like, we feel the vibrations. I'm like, wow. Yeah. Wow. I just admire and respect that so much. There's an experience that Monica did. I think it was, I don't remember where it was. No, it was my brother and it was in Europe. But he went in with his, uh, he went in with his band that he was with over there. Was it a sensory like immersion tank? Yeah. Basically you walk into this restaurant and you walk up to like the front desk and you basically give them like your keys, all that stuff. And you walk into the room and when you walk into the restaurant part of the room, it's pitch black. Like the blackest of black, like you cannot see see. anything. Sure. And so like they ordered steaks, they did all of this stuff. He said like, I was trying to like cut my steak. My other bandmate was just like picking it up with his hands and eating it because it's that foreign to not be able to see what you're doing. Oh, just another. So was that, was that whole restaurant experience like basically like a blind simulation? Like this is what it's like to be blind. Yeah. Whoa. And they serve people like the restaurant operates in the dark? Completely and 100% in the dark. Oh. Yeah. Here, I thought you were going to talk about the zero sense, sense like the sensory immersion tanks where you're, you're in water basically and it's oh. completely pitch black. You can go to like some high end spas and they offer this, for example. Oh, I could, no. Yeah. Not that, but. You can't, you can't see or hear or smell or touch anything. You're just kind of floating. And apparently it's pretty good therapy. Have you guys ever done that before by chance? No. Have you done that, Josh? These guys. They've never been in a sensory immersion tank. What? <laughs> you know, you think you pick your studio audience members and you know, they just... <laughs> <laughs> to be fair, I haven't either. But there's another thing. Uh, my brother just did this... Uh, it's like cryotherapy. I think it's with freezing, like very, 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 very low temperature air. You're blasted with it. You put on these like mittens and stuff and a hat and so you don't freeze. But he said he came out of it feeling like t- just ten million bucks, not even one million. Um, Dang! I thought it might be cool to learn ASL though. After I was watching that, I was like, "Man, the deaf community! I, I would like to be able to engage with this people group, you know?" Because yeah, they were they were also walking and talking down the or like walking and signing, yeah, down the sidewalk, and they were like they were talking about something kind of confidential, and they were trying to like sign like kind of discreetly because or wait indiscreetly because. People can just like look at you and know what you're talking about. Sure. You know? Yeah, true. You just can't like wild. whisper. You can't whisper. You can't whisper. No. Dude, uh, Monica can sign like fluently. Did you know that? No. <laughs> she can? Yeah, dude. The alphabet? Everything. She can say words, sentences. Like she could say what I'm saying right now on this podcast in English. Sure. In sign language. Respect. Yeah, she could say it. 
Um, How sick is that? That's pretty tight. I'll have to take some lessons because I am kind of interested now. I know some people who, like, yeah, they, they are hearing and speaking people who chose to take that up as like a profession because this group, this yeah. people group is underserved. There was a show on Netflix too, right? Um, I think it's called Deaf You. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. I could be, could be wrong. Yeah, whatever it was. What? What? Well, I wonder what it was. I don't know. Uh, My fridge filling up with water in the background. Did you hear that? Yeah. Um. Well, cool. Um. That's it for what have I been watching? Deaf You on Netflix. I can't fully recommend it because I feel like. Because it is on a, like a, it's like you know college kids. It's probably some freaking Jersey Shore BS after a while. But I did just really appreciate the concept of like this is how this people group lives. You know what I'm saying, George? Yeah. And so, um, man, I posted on the Instagram recently uh, because we were talking about this, and I posted on the Instagram story just like some some elementary school and middle school, high school cafeteria foods that I miss. The Tony's pizzas that came in the plastic shrink wrap, you'd open it up. It was barely barely cooked enough because it was like really soft. It was barely cooked enough for probably it to be safe for human consumption. But man, those just hit different, so to speak. Yeah. You know, I know the kid, that's what the kids are saying these days. They hit different. Yeah. They were so good. And I was poking around today on, uh, yeah, just like Google image searching for them. I came across like this commercial food distributor that sells to like schools and i'm not kidding i was on the fence so like should i buy a pack of a hundred of these <laughs> <laughs> should i spend a couple hundred bucks on a hundred frozen pizzas <laughs> could you imagine where would i put all of them just that's all that's in my fridge and freezer <laughs> <laughs> well the ones that i'm gonna eat within the next few weeks are, they stay on the, fr- the fridge side and then the rest of them you have to freeze and then i'm actually renting some commercial freezer space elsewhere because my fridge can't fit it all um did you have those? At, I know we went to the same school district, but not the same school. Did you have those at your school? Yeah, for sure. <sighs> yeah. Although the package that I saw on uh, Google, it was like orange and stuff. The one that I'm thinking of was like, it was black and it just looked a little different, but you got to imagine it's the same guts on the inside. They're not going and changing the recipe every year. Right. Um, they had the cu- the diced, the cube pepperonis. They were like a, they were like yeah. a cube. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Little meat cube. Yeah, small for sure. They, it was almost like they would just sprinkle them on there. Yeah, like bagel bites. Bagel bites. You know, that's funny that you mentioned that. A guy, um, I believe it's Brent, uh, messaged the account today, and he said, um, "He's like, dude, you ever do bagel bites?" He's like, "I don't know how I didn't learn my lesson on those for years." he's talking about, man, no matter how cool they are, when you go to eat a bagel bite, roof of your mouth, bye-bye, third degree. <laughs> third degree burns. <laughs> you're going to be in pain for the rest of this experience, and you're not going to taste anything tomorrow. <laughs> pretty soon, this is gross, but pretty soon, the lining of the roof of your mouth is going to fall off, and it's just it's it's that way with bagel bites. That's were my thing. A, uh, were you a microwave or an oven, oven. bagel bites guy? Oven. I'm oven just about everything. I was impatient. Really? Yeah. Oven was like 12 minutes. Microwave was like 60 seconds. <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. But there's a reward for those who wait. And you get the reward is that crispiness. Yeah, true. It's like it's just got some rigidity to it. Same with pizza bites. You know, not bagel bites, but pizza bites or pizza rolls. Totino's pizza rolls. Yeah. Come on. Yeah. 
Those don't belong in the microwave. They belong at 350. Also burn your face off. For 10 to 11 minutes. And you have to, that's another thing. You take them out and it's all dramatic looking. Like they all like, like during the, during the cooking, they all kind of like, blah, they like started bleeding out of the side. <laughs> yeah. They're all, all, each one of them is gushing. <laughs> each one of them had an injury or something while it was in there. And it's just, ugh, you get. Yeah. Um, Which is a good thing because if they don't have that like the, laceration, yeah. then they're grenades. Oh, they're yes, fire grenades. Dude thousand percent yeah (laughs) but bagel bites though here's the thing about those man they burn your roof because when you bite into them there's too much substance there that it forces all the heat it forces the hot like the hot sauce up to your the The roof of your mouth (laughs) temperature (laughs) and suddenly there's just tabasco it's cooked into the just the hot sauce but no there's so much stuff there that the bagel isn't ready to collapse it's like no i'm taking up space so the only thing that can go is the sauce, and there you're in pain. But I never really got into bagel bites. They just, I didn't love them. But when I did, it was oven. Same yeah. with like anything like that. Corn dogs, Gordon's fish. St- <clears throat> <laughs> I get emotional sometimes <clears throat> talking about Gordon's fish sticks. <laughs> um, Gordon's fish sticks. Anything like this. Oh, you know what? We were, I was in your freezer the other day poking around. No, I think I was getting a, yeah, I was getting an ice cube out, big cube for cocktails. You've got a lifetime supply of Uncrustables in there. Yeah, we're trying that out. Yeah, I'm curious. I oh, want Monica I, makes a peanut butter and jelly sandwich every 35 minutes. They're delicious. Well, Jude takes one bite and then it goes to the trash can and then she makes another one 35 minutes later. So we're like, hey, what if we just bought pre-made peanut butter and jelly sandwiches? We got it from Costco. So of course there's yeah. 650 in there. And the unit price there is like 60 cents each probably. Yeah. Yeah, it was twenty dollars. So yeah. we we have yeah a ton of them. I don't know. I think there's like forty in there or something. Did some quick math. I would venture a guess it comes out to sixty cents. I don't know. I could be wrong. Frequently am. With that being said, I've never had an uncrustable before, but I can't imagine they're good. Like, what do you do with them out of the freezer? Do you thaw toast? for twenty minutes? You thaw them and then they're wet. No, they're not. No, okay. no, they're not. Okay. Are, I mean, are, they're like fine. Like, it's not as good as like going to get like a two good pieces of bread, peanut butter and jelly. Obviously, it's it's in the freezer. It, but it doesn't have a crust on it. Yeah, no crust. That's special. But crimps. Yeah, I don't mind crimps. Dude, see, like As ravioli. If you like put your like gums on it. <laughs> yeah. You sealed it like a pocket. <laughs> um, yeah, same thing with ravioli. But I, man, a, a, an uncrustable, I don't know how I've never had them because they've been around since I was a kid even. But an uncrustable at room temperature just seems so appetizing to me. I feel like I could just take one and just just stuff it in here. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then take a sip of milk. It's gone. And then I do it again like they're chips. <laughs> they're little <laughs> sweet tarts. <laughs> yes. Dude, you know what I just thought about, though? What's when this? you When you told me about like elementary school cafeteria. I know what you're going to say. Somebody else said this, but you go. I don't know what it is. Okay. I'm going to just say what I... Now I feel like there's an expectation. No, if it's not, I'm going to I'm gonna eat this one. All right. So I'll wear, I'll wear this one. When you said the pizza thing, yeah. which was very real, yep. one of the options for lunch was French toast sticks. Oh, thousand percent. You got four of them. Hundred thousand percent. That's not enough food. Dude, did you see that on the Instagram story? That's what it said? Yes. No. That's That was on the Instagram story today is the French toast sticks, dude. I didn't see it. That's very funny. Dude, that, that's how iconic these things were. In mine, at my school, they came in this little paper boat, basically, and it had yeah. plastic wrap. Or maybe it wasn't like, 
Yeah, it had plastic shrink wrap over the top. You peeled back. Yeah. And had all this nasty condensation on it. I've yep. got a thing about condensation. It's disgusting. Yeah. So even as a kid, I was like, throw it away instantly. <laughs> with the with the yeah. syrup, like with uh, the little syrup thing. Yeah, I would do two, dude. I would use so much. I would use so much syrup. Yeah. Practically drink that stuff. Yeah, that's that was so good. Um, you know, Burger King, you can actually still kind of get that at Burger King. Burger King has French toast sticks that are like that. They kind of really capture the spirit of of the lunchroom French toast. Remember lunchroom dynamics as a kid? There would be, first of all, there's a smell when you walk into an elementary school lunchroom. 100%, yep. It smells like, it smells like, I lost my retainer and I think I threw it away in the trash can. So it, it smells like this kind of, this. Yeah. that's the kind of stuff that goes on in the, the, the lunchroom in uh, elementary, middle school. It has that smell. And whenever I think about that, I think of Justin Polarczyk throwing out his retainer and all the lunch monitors going through the trash to find this freaking kid's retainer. <laughs> <laughs> I remember they, dude, I remember they were like out at the dumpster going through trash. I'm like, all right, at this, even as a kid, I'm like, okay, at this point, what's your time and your hygiene and like all this worth? The retainer was probably like 300 bucks with, right. with a copay, you know? Like, <laughs> that's on Justin. Justin's mom has to buy him a new retainer now. You don't need, oh, Justin Plarchik's mom was the lunch lady. That's why. <laughs> That's why. Okay, she's like, oh, man, they're not paying me enough to do this. <laughs> they're not paying me enough to buy another freaking retainer. Um, that's why. Wait a second. That's why. His mom was the one lady. <laughs> that's she funny. was mean. Justin Plarchik I haven't talked to for uh, probably 25 years, so there's no chance that he listens to this. If he did, I'm sorry. And I'm also sorry about that one time I spent the night at your house, but I called my mom in the middle of the night because I got scared. So I'm sorry about that too. Probably was a major buzzkill when you woke up and I wasn't there because we've never talked about it. Now you guys are getting an inside scoop on some stout reflections. Um, another, oh, what did I, oh, this is what a girl said. This is what I thought you were going to say, but you actually said something that still went along with it. She said, my middle school had cookies that were basically raw cookie dough and I swear they cost like five cents. And I think about those delicious salmonella traps, death traps constantly. We had those at our school too. Big red shed. Big red shed. Yeah, yeah. They would basically heat up cookie dough. It was not yeah. cooked. Oh, to Spunkmeyer. Oh, to Spunkmeyer cookie dough. Yeah. And they would serve it to you in a little bag, stacked two, I yep. think. Right. Yep. And you couldn't even like pull it out. It was just like dough in a bag. I it, would it was, eat it with a fork. Yes. <laughs> like a walking taco. Yeah. There's like that. It can't be okay, <laughs> you know. Yeah. And I also think about that aside. Man, I don't know if they've cleaned up their act a bit, but high school lunches, elementary school, middle school lunches were bad food. It was not good food health-wise. Right. Now you got to imagine, well, now why do we have a weight crisis in our country? Look what we were raised on, okay? My gosh. One of my favorite lunches, hot lunches, was bagels and melted cheese and french fries. <laughs> that was yes. like, all right, mom, I need 225 today. It's Friday. Cough it up. I need Here we go. to get bagels, cheese, and fries. Yep. Yeah. And then your options were like that or pizza or French toast sticks. It's like yeah, chicken patty on a bun was a frequent topic. It was like a menu item in our elementary school. Like, wow, that sounds appetizing. Chicken patty on a bun. Yum. <laughs> no cheese, no sauce. Anything. Everything had a day too, right? Yeah. Like Tuesday was this, Wednesday was yeah, that. Yeah. 
Thursday was pizza day. I, I think I remember that. Yeah, at Churchill? Yeah, I think so. Go Chargers. Once a Charger, always a Charger, honestly. Um, except I'm not, I don't identify as a Charger anymore. I didn't even go to my 10-year reunion. So whatever. Your, has yours come up yet? Yeah, I didn't go. No point. You no. you were here anyway. Yeah. Easy excuse. Ours, like, I've heard of class reunions before that are actually nice. Oh, we got a banquet hall and we got like all this stuff. We got all the accommodations. Ours was a get together from at, at one under, like this like sports bar in Livonia. Yeah. Yeah, whenever you're free, we'll be there about eight, you know, between eight and twelve. Like, yeah, just come by. Like, no. If I'm gonna do something like that, I want to be putting on the Ritz. Yeah. But show them, show them like what what's happened since high school. Exactly. Show them yourself ten years later, not at the same place you would be at one year later. <laughs> yeah. That's the difference. Exactly. You know, it's funny you say that. One year later. So one year later after high school, you're 19. And where we come from in Michigan, we live 25 to 30 minutes away from Windsor, Ontario, Canada, where the legal drinking age there is 19. And I never did this. Did you ever go to Canada when you were 19? Yeah, I did. Everybody nodding around. I never had the the privilege to do so. But people, yeah, people in our area, would go over to Canada back when you could just cross the borders flippantly too. It's just like, no problem, flash your ID, see ya. Uh, and yeah, people would just go over there and like in our area, that that's how they were able to drink from the age of like 19 to 21. So you could just go to Canada, you know? Hey, or you could, could just go to your friend's house. <laughs> just go to Canada. I only drank twice before I turned 21. It was two nights in a row. Bad was it fun? It was one one of the nights was fun, and then I pushed it to the limit the next night. Take it to the limit. You know that song? Take yeah. it. I could not do the whole chorus. I ain't scared. They'll take it down. YouTube, YouTube will take it down. Oh, true. Yeah, when I played 38 Special a couple episodes ago, I'm so caught up in you, little girl. I played a little recording off of my phone into my mic, and YouTube flagged it saying, okay, you we're not going to take you down but you can't monetize this episode because there's copyright. I'm like, chill. 38 Special doesn't care. I guarantee it. We promoted it. We, we said promoted. this is the best song ever. We said go buy Yeah, exactly. We said this is the best <laughs> song ever. Go buy it on iTunes. In fact, buy the whole album. Um, oh, let's go into Today I Learned. I have some fun facts. Let's examine the facts. Listen to this. Today I Learned. Actually, I knew this already, so I didn't learn this today. But today, y'all are going to learn. There is a shot-for-shot remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark, which took three Mississippi teenagers seven years to make. Shot-for-shot remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark. Also a John Williams soundtrack, I believe. Crazy. Starting when they were just 12 years old and made on a budget of $5,000. Steven Spielberg later wrote to the filmmakers, calling the boys achievement and inspiration. Okay, so again, three guys... Starting at age twelve for seven years, they make a shot-for-shot remake of Raiders of the Lost Ark. But there's like a at the last scene, there's like a airplane explosion. <laughs> they can't do that, and so I believe it was like something like twenty-six years later from the time they started, they started a, a crowd or a GoFundMe or Kickstarter back in two thousand fifteen or so. Got enough money to pay for the special effects and the actual <laughs> oh, plane no and all way. this stuff. So they finished it at the time that they were like. I don't know, whatever 12 plus 26 is, you know? Yeah. To 38. 38. <laughs> Human calculators, and it's and that's fine. <laughs> hey! Yeah, so it's really cool, though. That's there's a, insane. There's a documentary about them making that. I forgot what it's called. Who cares? 
because I've seen it. <laughs> Listen to this. Today I learned that ant queens can live up to 30 years of age. An ant. While normal worker ants live one to three years of age. <laughs> still, still a lot. It's still a lot of time. Imagine an ant being as old as you. <laughs> You've seen the world just just as long as I have. I was going to say, young ant, the, wasn't the world so different when you and I were born? <laughs> Man, thanks. Do you the, remember the crawling did... under the cafeteria garbage can and eating French toast sticks? Well, Justin Polarchik was on his hands and knees looking around for his retainer that he thought <laughs> he lost. Tell you what, ants today, they just don't realize how good they have it, do they? That's <laughs> stupid. Could be a cartoon or something or a movie. Pitch that to somebody. Today I learned that Egyptian mummies are rare because people used to eat them as medicine. Aw. Aw. <laughs> I'm not feeling good. I got a little stomach ache. Can you pass me a little, a little piece of the, uh, the Egyptian mummy over there? Can you pass me two-ton common over there? Is that how you say it? Royalty just like stocked it in their fridge. <laughs> in ball jar, in mason jars. Um, it's weird. In formaldehyde or something. Okay, anyway, today I learned that men have nipples. That's not the whole fact. Today I learned the, the <laughs> men have nipples, um, which were previously thought useless. It's because they develop in the embryo before it's clear if the baby will be male or female. No kidding. Nipples come first. <laughs> it's my nonprofit I'm starting. What? No, it's weird. It's weird to say. Why would you even say that, Drew? Sometimes I just, I'm excited to hear what's going to come out of my mouth next, you know? <laughs> nibbles come first. That's stupid. I would start nibbles come first, and it's we talk about snacks. That's all we do. That's my next podcast idea. <laughs> Snacking before dinner. <laughs> you about- said actually recently that I it actually may have been in the podcast that if you like, there's no such thing as like no such thing as spoiling your appetite. Your appetite. Spoil, spoiling your appetite. Yeah. No, of course not. Yeah, my uh, my old boss Ari, his wife, as a rule, when they have family dinner and stuff. Which they're Jewish too. They're traditional Jewish. They observe all the stuff, all the dinners. So they have a lot of formal dinners with a lot of desserts. And she has dinner, or she has dessert before dinner every time, always. Are we good on the camera? Um, she, she always has dessert before dinner. And I that resonates with me. Yeah. I love dessert. No such thing as spoiling your appetite. You can fill up on something, but sure. a sleeve of Oreos, for example, it doesn't make for a great breakfast. You don't feel great. Yo, I have this mystery pain in my lower back. I woke up randomly with this today for no reason. Actually, I didn't even wake up with it. Can you Google what it could be? No. <laughs> I thought that you were going to WebMD. Well, let's see. It could be back cancer. It could be, uh, I don't know. If you Google any symptom, oh, God. like I have a hernia right now, Yeah. You like seven of the 10 things I looked at, I'm terminal. <laughs> yeah. I'm on my way out. It's like scratchy throat. Well, it could be the common cold or... It could be throat cancer or yeah. it could be, it could be, you don't even have a cough. You just have dementia now and you think you have a cough. It could be that, you know? Right. Dr. Google is not a safe place to go to. No. Um, are you enjoying the Noah's mill? Yeah, it's great. Oh wait, it's gone. It had, had the fly in it. Still drank it. <laughs> you did. I extracted the fly. <laughs> Jordan motioned to me while recording that his bourbon had a fly in it. I couldn't really see it, but I took his word for it. What if you signed it to me? You somehow we somehow know ASL now. You're like fly, like the Matrix. You could just like sit down in a thing and install skills into your that brain. That'd be so tight. If you could do that, what would be a skill that you would um, that you would be able to ju- that you would want to download just right now? I would want to be able to speak a different language okay. instantly. Yeah, that would be really cool. Yeah, 
That would be really cool. I would like to, um, what kind of skill set would be really valuable? I was about to say like be really, really smart at math, but I already am A and B. That's more of like a savant type ability than anything else. It's not like a learned thing. Right. It's not a skill set. It's usually just like you're born with the ability to say, oh, this particular January, January 13th of the year 1920 was on a Wednesday. Some people can just do stuff like that. Right. You ever seen that? There was a stand. I've seen Rain Man. There was this. I haven't. What's it about? Guy that makes rain? Yeah. It's like a, like he, I, I don't remember what, what it is, but he's, you know, an autistic guy. Oh yeah. And like a, a pile of toothpicks fall on the floor. And they're like, oh man, how many toothpicks do we have to pick up? And he's like 136. He can just see it? Yeah. Wow. Respect. Um, I'm that's gonna, paraphrased. <laughs> I don't know if that's true. Just an ex- <laughs> that's actually just an example of something that may have possibly conceptually happened in the film. Um, I think that's all I might have for today. Oh, I do want to plug this um, bourbon that I'm having. It's called Noah's Mill. and That's what I was about to say. Noah's Mill. It's made by a distillery called Willet. Willet Distillery. And Willet makes a lot of other stuff. But we've talked about some starter bourbons. Russell's Reserve, Larceny. Um, We talked about Evan Williams, I think. We talked about Henry McKenna. Makers 46. If you're looking to kind of take that next step up, Noah's Mill is a great pick. Now, it's not sold in every state. For example, it's not sold in Michigan. It's not sold in their home state, you know. It's sold in Tennessee, readily available. Retail's about 50 bucks. I think it's about 115 proof. And that's just an estimation. It's 115 proof. I mean, <laughs> when you're on, I mean, what do you want me to say? Um, <laughs> so anyway, it's 57 times two, actually. So it's 57%, and that's 112 proof. So that's on me, actually. I was off by a few few proof points, and I'm not too proud to admit that. But anyway, I think that's all we have. Did I miss anything, Jordan? No. Okay. Um, thanks, as always, for listening to the st- Actually, before I end, I want to thank our studio audience. You guys have been wonderful. Thanks for being here. Thank you. Um, Truly. And so um, you, the listener, you, the watcher, thank you as well for listening and watching to the Stouting Off podcast where we spout off commentary on the everyday. Bye. Bye.